0: Hello and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist, Dr. Aaron Parks of the University of California Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services. And I'm joined by my co-host, second year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi. Hi, Toshi. Hey, guys. Third year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Edgar Ortega. Hi, Edgar. Hello, everybody. And second year psychiatry resident, Dr. Alan Atkins. Hi, Alan.
1: Hey, Dr. Parks.
0: The views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent the University of California, UC Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR School of Medicine. All right. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about humor and uh, what it means to maybe have a different style of humor. But before we get into that, Alan, uh, Alan, Dr. Alan Atkins. Now, this is something I know about you. (laughs) Why? Because I know you and you're a friend of mine. That you are the founder and president of Brown University's medical schools improv group so when why so so again so many questions
1: what yeah this actually this could be a fun intro so I came to improv for kind of the wrong reasons or maybe the right reasons but I came to improv not organically um, you know, I think most people gravitate to things because they just find themselves liking it And I came to improv from this very calculated, like, kind of wahaha place of
0: I, I don't even know what that is. I, what is that? Is that you doing you know, some you improv say, right you know,
1: now? What, what'd you say?
0: It's am I'm doing improv of a dastardly villain or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, like Pinky, pinky and the Is this or, it? Okay. Is it happening right. right now? It's <laughs> <This is laughs> happening before <laughs> our <laughs> eyes or before your ears, folks. So you know, I think you might pick up a basketball at a young age and find that you like throwing around the basketball, and that would be a natural way to arrive at something. And and the, I came at improv kind of from a more like, oh, this is gonna help me have better social skills, and this is gonna make me healthier. And I I had seen some research on it, and it was pretty painful for the first little while. And there's a there's a huge barrier to entry where it's just awkward, um. If you're in a good class or something, uh, it doesn't have to be like that. And I think I was lucky initially. But anyway, by the time I was in med school, I was pretty into improv. And um, yeah, so I I started the the improv troupe at Brown Med. And then we ended up kind of um, collaborating with the improv theater in Providence and and doing stuff there.
0: Like like you're talking about like there's shows like going to places and there's audiences watching it.
1: Yeah. So it's long-form improv. So it's not whose line is it anyway. It's it's stories where the performers are learning to cooperate in a way that brings humor. And so what, what that offers to a person, if you're trained in this, is you're trained to see everything is funny. You're trained to accept someone else's. You're building a reality on stage. So you're trained to, um, to accept someone else's reality as your own. So the perspective-taking tra- training that you know, I thought would be really helpful in like a romantic relationship or with friends. Um, A lot of the improv, you know, so improv is more like a sport than it is like other comedy. We don't write anything ahead of time. We just try to get really good at it. So we rehearse several times a week for uh, like the one when we were at, when I was at Brown, we were doing uh, three hours, three times a week. And during that time, you're just drilling your brain to you know accept everyone else's ideas accept everyone else's ideas make the situation funny which i can't think of a more adaptive way to to look at life
0: oh yeah no that that makes sense so this is like uh so uh yeah this, this you you're, you'd like to challenge yourself alan which i i admire that about you i would be i'd be
2: scared i'd be very scared i have a pull-off for that alan so you said that you came for the social bonding, interaction, possible relationship, which is one of, uh, when I was doing my research for this show, some of the things that came out that like, can be, like, if it's long or short-term benefit, it's some of those that you mentioned, and I'm curious to know what were the results in terms of you that you find it helpful? And number two, can you go some examples, example of from?
1: <laughs> Yeah, sure, so, okay. Huh. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm putting so, in the spot. So, i challenges. Yeah, Sorry. I find it helpful. Um, I mean, for all the reasons we mentioned, but also, uh, so I'll, I'll shout out one of my mentors, Jeff Katzman. Just wrote a book about depression and improv, and and how there's, I mean, there, there's some real evidence that um, improv is is excellent for kind of uh, getting that that worldview and that schema of depression that's sort of stuck in its ways and seeing things as as um, you know, the anhedonic mindset, which means like not getting pleasure from things you'd get pleasure from, not seeing things as novel anymore. Improv kind of brings out the child in us again. And so an example I'll include, uh, since you you brought it up, Edgar, I'm going to include you here. So an example of, of like a, an initial improv exercise would just be like, um, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to do what's called a yes and, which means I'm going to accept your reality and I'm going to build on it. So I'm going to ask you to make an imaginative made up statement about yourself as a character. So you could say like, I'm Dorothy, I'm a pirate, or something like that. And I'm gonna yes and that, okay. Okay. This is, try.
2: <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be fun, I So so I'm just gonna make up some
1: stuff. Yeah, just, all you gotta do is say one statement about that that's uh, Imaginative and gives yourself a character and a role, and I'll, I'll go off of that. Okay,
2: let's try it out. So, should I go first then? Yeah. Well, um, one, and I was born and raised as. Uh... Oh my god, this is what. You need to go to improv. <laughs> you need to join the improv group. Let's. I'm just trying to make something really silly? I find it. I
1: find it annoying. That you are taking so much of your of your energy in this introduction, uh, you know you were supposed to you were supposed to come prepared and kind of go right into the poetry. And instead, you're telling us who you are. I see that you, you you know you were supposed to wear a suit and you're not wearing a suit. I just feel like we can't have you in our poet society anymore. And frankly, I also think you're a bad person. I saw what you did, <laughs> uh, you know, with Rebecca, and and I feel like it's just. You're not someone I want to be around. You're killing my vibe.
0: <laughs> and scene. So, so I, that, scene.
1: That sounds
0: really punishing. Wait.
3: <laughs> I would be so That's bad
0: funny.
2: at that. Like, I know I, 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 like I like no, admire you for me. doing
0: that. I, I, I feel like this is, I, you know, this is the kind of thing that would lead to a lot of creativity, a lot of growth, I feel, if you could conquer your fears in front of people and then just kind of just be freewheeling and be able to not have a script and just kind of go by the seat of your pants and then kind of just create things. That sounds pretty,
2: I think just put you on your feet and then yeah. you have to come out with the following the story. So you can reactive and interactive with the other
0: person. No, it sounds like, it sounds like a lot of fun actually.
3: Now I think I- it's interesting the, um, just like con- to contextualize your improv group being, uh, in a medical school I think that's really interesting like did you guys apply it to medicine to treatments or your practice
1: I did do a project involving improv depression but but actually the the thing about it being in a medical school was that it was so incredibly difficult to get people to loosen up and the idea that you have no idea what you're going to say when medical students are so trained to be so precise in their language Mm. like and people do occasionally something kind of offensive comes out of your mouth if you do it for long enough and you're really trying to get yourself to completely have no filter it's weird you you do have to still kind of have Mm. somewhat of a filter and sometimes sometimes people go overboard and then they get freaked out but the biggest issue for the first year and a half was just getting people to show up because people didn't want to take time for fun in their lives and we we got free food and we had like we tried to have a pretty committed group that would continue to show up and even the most dedicated members you know if there was a test and they and, you know in, in my first year i think we had a test like every 2 weeks or something like that people just wouldn't show and it was fantastically frustrating and improv doesn't work if you have if the, the improv energy builds when you have people to laugh at the jokes right but if it's just you and another person you're just doing this really awkward, high-social <laughs> And there's no one to laugh, and it's, it's gruesome.
3: Oh, my God. That sounds awful, it, honestly.
0: Humor is actually <sighs> very unique to everybody, um, and I feel like everyone's had their different styles. Now, before this show, we kind of circulated an assessment of our humor styles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'll go first. That uh, you know, there's different uh, styles of uh, humor, and please, you know, if if you want to just jump in there, fine, just go and jump in there. But there's a style of humor called self-enhancing, which is one of the more um, one, one of the more uh, healthy ones, where you're 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 using this to enhance your relationships with people, uh, or to enhance the self, and then you can enhance your relationships with people. It's called affiliative. If you make fun of people or you laugh at the expense of others, that's more of an aggressive thing. Or if you laugh at yourself, that's more of a self-defeating thing. If you're the butt of jokes, now I want to say I want to ask you all: Where did you? What kind of style of humor did you notice that that you had? Because I'll just volunteer that: Sadly, I was at the 90th percentile of aggressive humor. Whoa, that's high. I know, and I didn't think so. It's very terrible i feel bad as a person oh.
3: <laughs> but this
0: is what i was thinking i was thinking i love laughing at people and celebrities and things i don't laugh in people's faces i you know i'm sure i love laughing at you know people that you know at celebrities behind their back like you know political figures and things like that but i don't laugh at people's in front of their face and hurt them i don't feel i did i
3: do i mean oh, at least
1: I feel like they need to to differentiate between are you laughing at people immediately and you are immediately Oh, no,
3: totally. I had a lot of issues with this quiz, which speaks to, like, my personality. But essentially, I scored very low in all areas. I was, like, 20th percentile, 30th percentile in all of them. Um, but probably higher in the aggressive and self-deprecating, and lower in the like healthy ones. Self-defeating. The,
0: the, Self-defeating. Yes,
3: yes, and lower in the healthier ones, which were what was that like? Self-enhancing. Healthy, self-enhancing and things. that was yeah. my second.
0: That was my second. I'm self-enhancing. Did
3: you? Yeah. Seventy
0: seventh percentile. <laughs> I I so far I yeah I I feel like um, I that was if you do you use humor. Uh, when you're by yourself to kind of pick yourself up, do you find, you know, life Right. Kind of I think a funny? lot of
3: the questions were about how do you use humor? And I don't really use humor strategically to make myself feel better or to be closer to other people or to put other people down. I just, if something's funny, it's funny. Well,
2: oh. for me, and just to give a little bit of that, like, background, um, this is like a humor styles questionnaire, right? It was developed by lot Martin and it uh, gives you a score on those four styles that we have talked about the affiliate, self enhancing, aggressive, self defeating, and the kind of correlation might indicate something also with mental health depression. So for me, I don't have the specific results in front of me because I'm not the cat. But I do remember I was, I would say, like somewhere in the 60s, 80s for self enhancing and self defeating.
3: That's pretty good.
2: So I feel that maybe self-enhancing, yeah. Yeah, I that could really Yeah, I enhancing
3: That's that. good. Uh, definitely not
2: the feeling I'm not like Alan. I'm just talking to people,
3: laugh,
2: clown, and stuff like that. But I don't know. I agree why like
0: I agree with you. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I. Lo- uh, that's one of the big things that I enjoy. And I do agree that. I try, actually try to crack jokes in therapy. I try, to, mm. I think that that is probably good. Because Why? I feel Why it's a connection that? with clients. Mm-hmm. It's just a kind of funny thing that we kind of joke about things and even is the that for thing, your tragic own, things.
3: Is that for your own pleasure? Like to enjoy uh, therapy interesting to question. enjoy your work? <laughs> or is question. it more, is it helpful? Is it effective in therapy?
0: Okay, I know it's probably helpful. That's just my belief but I feel like I can't use it as a manipulative thing. So I don't think, huh, oh, now let me just say like five jokes and this person's gonna be less depressed. I don't look at it that way. If it's a joke is funny, I say it, if it's not. But I will say that there was one time in my career that I, um, well, I gotta remember distinctly where I, was cra- I started cracking some jokes and I was like, wait, these jokes have nothing to do with the therapy session. <laughs> you are just, just
3: having your I'm just,
0: own fun. I'm just joking around. And wait, and get back the to work. Alliance, I, 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 that was, when I felt, oh, I felt kind of bad at that point. But I, you know, I went right back to. Did it help with work. the
2: therapeutic alliance, though?
0: I, I think overall it does. I feel like overall it does. I mean, but you know, I'm a kind of a one-up power position. There's not many. P, uh, clients that feel probably empowered enough to say, "Hey, Dr. Parks, you're not very funny as a person or as a clinician." <laughs> if Did I heard that, them for they know oh, that I God. would probably feel really hurt. <laughs> I, they, and you know, they just gotta move on anyway. anyway no, but I I think it helps. You, you're saying that you guys don't, you know, crack jokes. But before you answer that question, I'm going to say that you you're listening to Let's Get Psyched on KUCR. We're talking about humor. Styles of humor, we had a long, you, you missed a long part of the show that we talked about improv. Rewind it. Rewind the podcast. Listen to that.
3: <laughs> so I, I find that I'll laugh with, with patience, but in terms of being the one who's like the comedian and making jokes, I don't really make jokes. I don't think I make a lot of jokes, but I do enjoy laughing with patience.
0: You know what that says? I, I, before I other people jump in, I feel that this is a self-revealing thing. Like, if I'm joking with clients, they know a lot of things about me, what I think is funny. It, it, it's a jo- mm. What you find humorous sure, reveals yeah. a lot about your values. Yeah. You're kind of, by joking with someone that's kind of affiliative, it's kind of relationship, uh, it kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're joking around with your client. I mean, it's kind of a right. way to kind of include them.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I agree with that.
0: But thoughts? Alan?
3: Well, I think, yeah, what, what
1: you're saying is absolutely right. So, like, Toch just said, oh, yeah, I, I enjoy laughing when someone makes a joke. Well, yeah, you're getting oxytocin. Um, mm. And there's increased memorability, and there's increased engagement, and there's increased perceived intelligence for the person who made the joke. So there's a lot of benefits to this. There is some inequality in terms of how humor is perceived in the workplace. So women who met, who um, use humor in the workplace are less likely to be appreciated for it than men which I think speaks to the social change in society yeah um, but and and there's there's some people that speculate on that the evolutionary psychology of of humor and of you know a lot of times when you talk to stereotypically when you talk to women about what they're looking for in like an ideal partner they want someone funny and you don't hear men say that as much and um, there, is, one of the things that the humor researchers have come up with is that humor is it elevates people's perceived social status of the person who's making the jokes, and that's a, you know, that hierarchy is,
3: hmm.
1: uh, you know, do what you will with that.
3: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely feel like uh, uh, if
0: you're joking around, um, you're you're kind of, um, you're laughing at a bunch of people that that are you know have a lot of power. I feel it that, that definitely. So there's re- The
3: research that I was looking at was saying that when you compile all the research that's been done there's really insufficient evidence to support a claim that there are health benefits of humor um, but when they talk about you know um, specific areas within patient care, um, one of the articles I looked at, identified you know humor can be helpful humor and laughter can be helpful in like the patient physician communication which is what we're talking about or psycho- psychological aspects of patient care um, it can be helpful in psychoeducation or medical education um, and also just reducing our own stress as providers which we we also touched upon Um, But I thought it was really interesting in doing the research for this show, coming upon different types of therapy that uses humor or laughing, like there is a type of therapy called humor therapy, um, which I found out about on the Michigan website, and basically they say that the purpose of it, the goal, is to release negative emotions like anger, anxiety, and by doing that, that improves the improves the quality of life for the patient, um, and they typically suggest this for patients with chronic diseases. So in my mind, I think of this as being like the Patch Adams type of doctor or the Patch Adams types of therapy. And then I also read about something called laughter yoga, which I think, Alan, you can talk a little bit about.
1: Yeah, this was uh, this was fun. So so they ha- it's called I think it's called the uh, maybe the Laughter Society, and they have them in a lot of cities around here you go and you you hang out with a bunch of people there's it's not what you would consider traditional yoga you just laugh so, so you don't there's not a joke someone just starts laughing and everyone else starts laughing and you you just laugh together at nothing maniacally for some amount of time that the meeting lasts you might do some sharing and that's that's it have you done this?
0: Have you done this?
1: Yeah. Did it yeah, work? Well, I don't know that. I mean, well, so, so Tosha mentioned that there is inconclusive research about whether there's health benefits, right? And I think that's true. But there's also inconclusive research about whether there's health benefits to happiness. I think what the, what's conclusive is that increased laughter leads to increased happiness. And then there, there, there are – I've seen at least one study that says that happy people live slightly less long than slightly less happy people. I mean, obviously the uh, the extremes of sadness don't do well. But and then there are other studies that say that happy people live the longest. I, I think I want to be happy, whether or not it makes me live you know 1.8 years longer in my if I make mm-hmm. it to my 80s or my 90s or whatever.
3: And then the other thing is like, what's the harm? There's no harm in humor or laughter. So yeah, definitely you know, considered
0: you, a positive psychology intervention. Sure. I, I looked at a 2011 study about pre- helping uh, this manualized treatment to help people uh, develop humor and practice humor and laughing and things like that. And mm. it, 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 it helped with people's depression. Now, hmm. when you look into it, like humor is so specific. I looked into it and it was like the you, you, you would act out the Ministry of Silly Walks. Does anyone know that? It was, it was Monty no, Python. what is the, that? Is anyone a Monty Python fan?
1: Go- yeah, go- sure. Google
0: that, or YouTube that.
1: Well, that's <laughs> I mean, actually also a team. Therapy Mr. Bean
0: videos also was part of this study. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh. <laughs>
1: you know, so, so, the ministry of silly walks things is also part of shame attacking, which is uh, a, it's a in cognitive behavioral therapy, but also in a new type of um, therapy called team therapy, which is branching off of cognitive behavioral therapy. That's one of the things you do. I've actually done this with with patients where you you leave oh, wow. the therapy office and you go out into public. <laughs> and you everyone dances and does wow. weird stuff and goes up to strangers and makes weird noises and the idea is the patient is learning if for social anxiety or something you're learning oh it's not the end of the world to have someone look at me funny and you do it it's over like and an over yes, yeah. It's like exposure
3: therapy. Yes,
1: yeah.
0: that's like exposure therapy, right? You're facing your fears, a systematic way of facing your fears and feeling those feelings that you're avoiding but fun. now you're doing it right in front It does sound directly. fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, have you done this? I actually this?
1: did it quite recently. See, I, just, that's
0: is why I admire you, Alan. You try things. You do things. Funny. I don't want to give, you my, get out of the give house. my mentor
1: the credit. So, so I want to give my mentor the credit for this. This, this was Jacob Towery. He's a, a therapist at Stanford, and I was I was doing some work with him, and and he does this on the regu- on a regular basis, right? So he, he takes clients out into the middle of the street, um, and you know, in the plaza with restaurants and stuff, and. You go up to people and you do. There's like the game show host technique. You go up to a random person and and they have to ask like, "What's your opinion on birds?" and or some, <laughs> something bizarre. Or and then and then you know you go into stores and you. Um, we were doing one where like we we had to everyone had to do a swimming stroke like in the air as if as if you're swimming through the store and it's whatever. But it, it it's never not fun.
0: It sounds very yeah. fun. Sounds like affiliative too. Like you can, it's something to do with your friends also.
1: Yeah. I, I want
0: to kind of back up to something that uh, I think Alan, maybe you and Tosha both said is that using it as a, a practitioner and using it to reduce stress, you know, I, I have a son that's as a nurse and then he says they are always busting each other up in the most stressful times imaginable mm. and mm. that really helps cut the tension and... um you know, also bring people together. Now, not now, I have experienced that this personally also. I like to joke around with my colleagues, but this is what I will say: that um, uh, that when a, an administrator walks into the room, um, or someone else comes from a different angle, though you don't, you're not getting the context. Um, this can be interpreted as you are making fun of clients. You are making Ooh. fun of people that we are serving and helping.
3: Oh no, that's not okay.
0: Yeah, okay, see, see where I've been going with this? So this was actually a controversy at, at one of the jobs that I had. Now, I stuck up for folks, I was a supervisor. And so I stuck up for folks and kind of, I, now it wasn't our clinic, but it was another clinic. And um, uh, you know, because I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, uh, but also uh, let's you know, this is think about humor for a second. Think about humor and what it is. You know, whenever you laugh at somebody or you laugh at something they did, what are what are you implying? Are you always implying that you're better than them and they're less than you and sure. they're a piece of trash and right. they need to be mocked for what they are? or as as part of what, you know, just think about it for a second. I mean, um, you know, what is the context in which you're doing this? You know, are you doing that because you want to um, not value them as a person? I mean, I feel like we all do that with each other, and in in some ways we're not treating clients, or they they probably were not treating clients any different than they treat each other. You know, so, I mean, but, and it did... I mean, you're talking about a personal conversation between two people in their private time, not in front of the person. Okay, so I feel like, so now you're saying, okay, so when you talk to each other, when you have personal relationships with your colleagues, you are to not have any jokes whatsoever about any client whatsoever. That is an unreasonable request. Does that make sense? I feel like, am I walking out on a plank and then it's just gonna be cut off and you guys are not gonna say anything?
1: No, I think you're totally right. It's a really uncomfortable truth. I think there's different levels of meanness and there's, and I, of right,
0: course, right. I think I that.
1: meanness is, is, isn't is fun, but I think all people in stressful jobs have to use humor to to help themselves and and make fun of the uh the people in their surroundings and we're in a job where a lot of our patients are really difficult and the people that we're around happen to be patients and um you know i think virtually everyone has at some point made light of a patient in some way or another to another co-worker that's on their same team or, or whatever
0: yeah and not in a mean way i mean like, all i can do is speak for myself and the people that uh, i work with i don't feel in a mean way and you know But again, if you make uh, like, you know, a lot of times things are funny except for the people that you're laughing, the actual person that you're laughing at, right? And so I realize that uh, the people will laugh at me behind my back, and but as long as I don't know, I know I'm gonna chalk it up to human behavior, and you know, hopefully. I mean, I feel
3: like if you're aware, you have a sense of whether it's malicious or not.
0: Yeah, and here's the other thing: Um, we've all devoted our lives to helping people. So so because you heard one joke by some folks and you came in in the middle of it out of context and now you're saying that they just don't like clients and they just – they have no respect for clients. Is that the conclusion that you're drawing?
1: I just feel like that was not fair. At the same time though, I do think – I mean I actually find that this is one of the ways that I in medical school was sort of determining um, – my medical culture so I think different people I'm I'm one of the folks maybe that's more easily offended by certain types of humor and I found that there were certain cultures where I felt like oh this specialty tends to make fun of their patients in a way that I'm not comfortable with and I felt like can't do that and 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 um,
3: which specialty call them out, call out. Okay,
1: why, not? <laughs> why not it was the, the one where I happened to to be on was was IM. And I think they work really long hours, they're frustrated and uh oh, sorry, that means internal medicine. They in inpatient hospital medicine, they're they're seeing a lot of death, they're really frustrated and mm. um, they don't have they're not incentivized to have the time to really sit down and listen to their patients, so there was a lot of jokes about how annoying the patients were that they want to talk to them and
3: yeah, I wasn't. That's oh, sure. They are, they are working hard. Those hospitalists and they do see a lot of death.
2: I think yes, that kind of more aggressive uh, type of black humor is its use or can be helpful in those difficult situations and life circumstances. And some of the specific examples I found it was actually with healthcare providers and even soldiers and things like that. When you are almost exposed to a very traumatic, difficult moment, and especially right now, think about COVID and hospitalists. This is the people who work. You know, internal medicine doctors who see you when you're admitted to the hospital. So it's very, very challenging, and sometimes it's a coping mechanism. I think definitely a coping mechanism,
0: and that's that was the last word, Edgar. We've been listening. To Let's get psyched today. We were talking about humor and uh, different types of humor and some, some research about it. Thank you to our co-host, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi. Dr. Edgar Ortega, and Dr. Alan Atkins. If you have comments, questions, suggestions for the show, you can write us at kucrgmail.com. That's getpsychedonkucr at gmail.com. You can listen to past episodes of Let's Get Psyched on your favorite streaming platform. This episode was recorded in each of our respective homes and then mixed by our producer at KUCR, Elliot Fong. So special thanks go out to him. I've been your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched.